Welcome to the BE Podcast, a weekly podcast for the church dedicated to discussing theology for everyday life. Join in the conversation with Pastor Jonathan Gallardo and Pastor Henry Cruz. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Gallardo, Pastor of Vida Abundante Cicero, and I'm with Henry Cruz. Welcome back to our podcast and welcome back to our discussion on the state of theology. Once more, we've been uh, examining the statements from the website, mm -hmm. thestateoftheology.com. If this is your first time listening, make sure you check out thestateoftheology.com, which was a survey done by Ligonier and Lifeway, and it was given to about 3,000 people that consider themselves evangelical. Yeah. So we've been looking at every statement and we've been evaluating the responses by the people and then giving our own feedback mm -hmm. on that. So it's um, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, um, it's a good moment for you now to put pause, take the survey yourself, because you could do that on the stateoftheology.com, take that survey yourself and then follow along with us as we answer these questions. Now, if you're too lazy to do that, yeah. then we'll just take uh, ask you to take some pauses throughout the podcast, answer them in your in your head, and then see if they match with ours. Uh, so again, here we go. We are on statement 11 from the stateoftheology.com. And statement 11 says the following. The Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the Bible. Now take couple of seconds welcome back uh true or false yeah this is false uh the holy spirit leads us into all truth uh which obviously um implies here what is written in the word of god and so that's the the, the big thing there god you know he's not a god who, who causes confusion and, and all these things uh that we read in scripture so it, it's a wrong answer if you think that the holy spirit is going to tell you something that that contradicts the Bible and specifically because it comes from him himself. Mm -hmm. It's the word of God. It's, it's the inspired word of God. Um, as second Timothy, uh, three 16 tells us. So yeah. And here, uh, just to give you some numbers here, 11% of Christians strongly agree uh, with this. And which is good because it's a small it's number, a small number, but yeah. it's still, it's not what it should be, <laughs> yeah. or at least I'd be happy about it if the strongly disagree would be bigger, but it's 51% of Christians strongly disagree, which means everyone else falls somewhere in the, in the middle. Sure. Yeah. They're just not sure of, of these. So yeah. So 51% of, of, of Christians strongly disagree with this statement. I mean, again, uh, we've been talking about this in previous podcasts about the, the importance of the doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah. Uh, they cannot be in contrast, I mean, in against each other. Right. You know, the, the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they work unanimously. Mm -hmm. They work united mm -hmm. to in every person's life. So there's no um, different wills, if you want to say right. it like that. There's within the, 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 the Trinity or the Godhead. Be very careful on that and, and learn up, study the the trinity I, I remember one off the top of my head you probably read this one mm -hmm. too by um matthew barrett which is called simply trinity yeah simply trinity i like i like his subtitle i think it was the Unmanip unmanipulated father son 
and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. look that up. Simply Trinity by Matthew Barrett. Do you remember another one? Yeah, um, there's a book by Michael Reeves. The Lighting uh, in the Trinity. The Lighting, the in, the lighting Trinity. in the Trinity. Yes. That's a really good one, too. Yeah. So those are two very, mm-hmm. very helpful books on the Trinity that can yeah. help you uh, really understand the doctrine a little bit more. Yeah. More than just saying, I believe in the Trinity. Right. And yeah, they're great resources for you to to, to yeah understand a little bit more on that. But yeah. We'll put those on the notes. Yeah. How about that? Let's do that. Can you find those? Or we could tweet those out and then our, yeah. our podcast engineer over there will help put us put those on the notes. He's uh, looking at us like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Statement number 12. And the this one, along with 13 and 15, are roughly the same. Mm-hmm. So I'll just read them one at a time and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll go. But, you know, they all kind of fall in the same line. Yeah. Statement number 12 says, everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Mm-hmm. Take a couple of seconds, put us on pause. Welcome back. And now, Henry, what, is this true or false? Oh, this is false, uh, completely <laughs> false. Um, but interestingly enough, 27% strongly agree with this statement that people sin a little and everyone's wow. good by nature. 14% strongly disagree, and everyone else just doesn't really know how to answer uh, this question. They're in the somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, or not sure sections. Um, yeah, so I guess the, the real question is, why is this false? And the reality is, is that we're not good by by nature. I always like to use the illustration. We both have, have kids, and they're small. Mm-hmm. And none of us had to teach our kids how to share, uh, or sorry, how to not, not share, sure. how to, uh, you know, you know, talk back or like, again, most of our kids, you know, they learn their first words are like mom, dad, and then it's mine, 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 me, me, me. And that's just the reality of it. By nature, uh, we want things for us. We're very self-centered where we, we think about ourselves, not others. And so I need to teach my children how to share. I need to teach them to be polite. I need to teach them to think about others and not just think about themselves. So again, by nature, we're not good. And then obviously, biblically, the Bible, you know, talks about this. Romans 3, no one is good. No, not even one. Um, Isaiah says even our our good deeds are filthy rags. So just, you know, we're born in sin, Psalms. so, So there's so many passages that highlight this truth. But yeah, we don't sin a little, we sin a lot. Uh, and we're not good by nature. And again, the problem is we think we are good. And, and that's why our understanding of God sometimes is is horribly wrong because of this. Because we don't understand the doctrine of original yeah. sin. This is, again, the reason why we need to study theology, know theology, and have pastors preach theology yeah. when they when they can, when it's found within the, the, the portion of the scripture. Uh, yeah, so we're not. We're, we're by nature children of wrath, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's going to come out from within our hearts. That's why Jeremiah says, yeah, don't trust the heart. Yep. Everyone tells you, hey, yeah, just believe follow in your, your heart. heart. Follow your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't follow your heart. Your, your heart is, 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 is sinful, and it's uh, disastrous for your life. Uh, so learn, learn up on the doctrine of original sin. Know that, that we are not good people, and we need. that's why we need—if we were good— we wouldn't need Christ. Right. We'd be good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I can get by. Yeah. I don't need Jesus. So it's very dangerous to live with just believing that you sin a little. Mm-hmm. Statement 13 
says, even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Take a couple of seconds. Pause. Welcome back. Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. True or false? And this is true. Um, every sin deserves eternal damnation. And I know here. So if I tell a white lie. Right. What, a small right. white lie. Yeah. It deserves eternal. It, it does because that, that makes you a liar and you've offended a holy God. And so, again, the problem is our understanding of God is flawed. And this is why people think things like, oh, small sin is just not so bad. And again, when we start categorizing sin, it really becomes, so what is considered a small sin? You know, I could, I could make, no, that, you know, the, the guy at the 10 o'clock news who's murdering everyone, mm -hmm. that guy's bad. You know, the things that I do, not so bad. And yeah. this is, this is the problem that, that these, you know, that that terminology creates. We're comparing um, ourselves to the wrong yeah, people. Yeah, to the wrong people. <laughs> but astonishingly, 15% agree, strongly agree that even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation and 58% strongly disagree. So 58% of Christians think that there are certain sins that do not deserve hell or eternal damnation. Um, I believe, I think, or, you know, I think that the, that 50, what is it? 58%. Yeah. I think that within that 58% category, lies the people that don't even believe in hell right and that's a whole nother yeah. discussion yeah yeah and unfortunately i mean again yeah there's people who don't believe in hell there's people that believe hell is like you get annihilated so yeah. you cease to exist but again the new testament jesus himself presented this uh he talks about a lake of fire there is eternal damnation and again i like to emphasize this as well that the reason why small sins deserve eternal damnation is because people in hell are not repenting. They, in their sin, in their self-centeredness, think that they're right. They think God is wrong. Um, and that's really the, the biggest issue. Um, and again, you see it in our culture. People don't put themselves in jail. The majority of people need to be arrested mm -hmm. and thrown in jail because they don't believe that what they're doing is wrong. They're, you know, somewhere along their, their, their mind, they're justifying their actions. And it's the same thing with people that end up in hell. They truly don't think that they're wrong. And that's why, you know, again, I hate when modern preachers or these, you know, people that, you know, that get on pulpits and say, God doesn't send you to hell. You send yourself. No, you don't. Jesus is clear on this. I will cast you into the lake of fire. And there's a reason why, because again, none of us, if we had a choice, would actually place ourselves yeah. in hell. We, we'd see ourselves as not deserving of that. Um, but again, this is God's holiness here is highlighted and God demands perfection is holiness, demands true justice. And just like we want, you know, criminals, even if it's the smallest crime, uh, to, to pay some type of consequence, uh, the same is true uh, with our Heavenly Father who is perfect. And uh, yeah, even the smallest sins deserves eternal damnation again because sinners don't repent in, in hell. And they think, again, they think that their overall good, kind yeah. of like the last question, their overall good yep. outbalances the, yeah, the bad. The, the, the yeah. bad. So yeah. no, you're, you, you need Christ. Yep. Moving on, statement number 14. Um says God counts a person as righteous, not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. Take a couple of seconds to answer this. Welcome back. True or false? Yeah, this statement is true. God, yeah, it's the we're righteous because of our faith in Christ, because of what he did on the cross. Uh, 34% strongly agree. 
with this statement. 20% disagree and the rest of believers really didn't know how to how to yeah. deal with this question. They're, these are doctrines of the Reformation. They're mm-hmm. not that it's not that the Reformation invented these doctrines, but the sola fide uh, comes from this understanding of righteousness. It's in imputed, faith alone. Yeah, in yeah. Faith, it's imputed righteousness. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't have faith on. I mean, you don't have righteousness by the good that you are accomplishing mm-hmm. or that you want to accomplish. Yeah, the faith in in another person's it's an alien righteousness. Yeah. It's a righteousness that becomes imputed over you to you from Christ. Yep. And it, it's Christ's righteousness then. So it, it eliminates this Roman Catholic theology of, yeah. of works, works. Re, yeah. uh, righteousness. Eliminates every other type of religion too because mostly every religion is do something good. To be do, saved. To be yeah. saved, to save yourself, to, to consider yourself righteous before God. But the Christian should believe based on biblical evidence that that our salvation does not rest on ourselves but on faith and not only faith in the simple sense of believing in something but in the faith of another person's work yep. for us yeah we're justified by faith alone in Christ he declares us righteous and so there is a legal term to this, this is the doctrine of justification as you mentioned it's it's imputed to us it, we're declared righteous because of the work of Christ. And yeah, I mean, again, the Bible is clear here. We on our own accord are not righteous. And, and we have to be honest with ourselves and, and come to that conclusion that if you really analyze yourself, nothing about you is is good or righteous. You're, you're not you're not perfect um, all the time. And and so if if righteousness depended on us, we we'd fail time and time all and time. The time. Again, so again, yeah, the, the failure to understand this doctrine really is a failure to understand what Christ accomplished yeah. on the cross on our behalf. And it's, a, again, a confusal on anthropology, the goodness of ourselves. Right. We, we rely on ourselves so much for everything. Mm-hmm. So our, we, we tend to believe that our salvation will ultimately come from ourselves. I remember listening to a, or why, it was actually a, a question and question and answer interview mm-hmm. with with R.C. Sproul and, and John MacArthur. Okay. And um, R.C. Sproul said that we should be called imputationists <laughs> because because of it because yeah. it's so much the Christian the Christian has to be a believer in this sense of it's not on myself right. like this is totally not mm-hmm. me. And MacArthur responded, well, if we say that, then everyone thinks that we're going to be chopping each other's yeah, hands off. Yeah, and, and legs. Like, so yeah. we got to come up with a different name. Yeah. But it, it makes sense. You know, when R.C. Sproul said, it's, yeah, it makes sense. We we are huge believers in imputation. Yeah. One more. Statement number 15, kind of along the same lines. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. I'll take a couple of seconds to answer. Really think about this one. All right. Before you answer, think about this one. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. True or false? Welcome back. The answer is? Yeah, this is false, completely false. Everyone is not born innocent. Um, Here's how the people answer this survey. 53% strongly agree with this statement. 16% strongly disagree. And then the rest in the middle. But yeah, man, this is... um, Again, elevating 
humanity not understanding the doctrine of original sin, as we mentioned before. Um, and it's a false understanding of what happens in the garden. So obviously Adam and Eve were created innocent. That's why they're given commands of obedience of what to eat, what not to eat. So they're created innocent. But after the fall, we're all born in sin. Um, this is uh, the Pelagian heresy, yeah. uh, this idea of at some point we're innocent and then we learn how how to sin, how to do bad things. And, and again, th my problem with this theologically is, is that at some point in our lives, what we're saying is we didn't need Jesus. We didn't need his sacrifice. Um, we didn't need him to die on the cross because at some point I was good. And then eventually I learned how to do bad things. And again, I've already mentioned this earlier in this episode, but just look at your children, look at young kids, and you'll realize quickly that that um, you don't need to teach them to do bad things. They're little sinners. Yeah, they're little sinners. <laughs> Running um, around in your house. Yeah. So so it's just it's just the evidence of our sinful nature is key from the moment that we're born. And again, that's what the scriptures teach us, that we are born in sin. We're all guilty of Adam's sin. We've been affected by it. Um, and that's why we need a savior. Uh, Augustine's uh, famous Latin phrase against Pelagianism mm -hmm. was uh, "posa non peccare, non posa non peccare," which, which simply means, from Adam's perspective, that Adam in the garden and Eve had the ability not to sin and the ability to sin. Mm -hmm. So that was the state that they were in. Right. Um, but then after that, we were only in the state of being able to, to sin. sin. Yeah, we want to we sin. We inherited yeah. that, which he, the book of Hebrews clearly talks about. We inherited the, in Adam, we all died. Mm -hmm. In Adam, we all sinned. That's why Jesus is the, the second Adam, the greater Adam, yeah. the better Adam, which uh, in him now we all live. Yeah. Uh, so to, to eliminate the doctrine of original sin is to place not only salvation, but our entire, you know, work of, of humanity in a good light mm -hmm. we we are ultimately good people we are ultimately people that you know we've erred in a couple of ways but we could find it within ourselves because we're ultimately good yeah. in ourselves we we deserve and we can accomplish mm -hmm. uh salvation and so because we've had a faulty view and understanding of anthropology we have created our churches to satisfy that need yep. and and that's where pastors uh need to really wake up mm -hmm. you know if if your church doesn't understand the concept of original sin yeah. it is probably why you feel you have to always please them every mm -hmm. sunday morning your, your music has to please them the the way you do your services have to please them? It's probably why you don't want to have an hour and a half of service anymore. Right. Because it's like, well, the people don't really, their attention span, it's, you know, the, the teachers, the kids, mm -hmm. and you make up all these excuses. And that's probably why you're not having service on, on December 25th. Right. <laughs> so, because you've bent towards the anthropology of the people. Mm -hmm. People are not good. People need Christ and they need salvation, external salvation to be imputed in them or external righteousness to be imputed in them because no one is good and, yeah. and if we fail to, to know that then we're always going to be doing church for the pleasure of people yep. thanks for joining in I'd like to ask you to help us grow our audience you can do that by sharing our podcast following it or liking it in the platform you are using also 
Follow us on Twitter at Vida English Pod to interact with our host. For any other details, visit Vida Abu Dhabi Church.